past October, I was, I was blessed to go to the Holy Land. And one of the, one of the stops in Jerusalem was to the Western Wall, sometimes called the, the Wailing Wall. What this is, is the remnant of a retaining wall built when King Herod expanded the temple, the second temple. He expanded it so it could be bigger and larger and, and take up the whole temple mount, so he added this retaining wall. And this is, for Jews, this is the holiest place that they're allowed to pray. Because the Temple Mount, the site where the temple used to be, is currently, and has been for a while, a Muslim shrine. And no non-Muslim prayers are allowed there. So they gather at what's left of a retaining wall of their temple to pray. And I mention this because it, it maybe can help us comprehend a little bit how important the temple is for Judaism. The temple is everything. And they haven't had it for 1,900 plus years. You know, in Jesus' day, the temple was, it was the religious, cultural, and political epicenter of Judaism. This, is, this was considered the dwelling place of God, it was the one place you could offer sacrifice. So every Passover, each family would have to offer a, a Paschal lamb and sacrifice. The only place to do the, that was in this temple in Jerusalem. It was the largest and most beautiful structure in Jerusalem. We could go on and on, but the temple, uh, we don't have anything that compares in importance for us to the temple for Judaism. So with that context in mind, imagine you're a first century Jew on pilgrimage in Jerusalem and you get to see this temple for the first time and you are overwhelmed with awe, with how large it is, with how beautiful it is. And then you hear someone say, all that you see here, the days will come and there will not be left a stone upon another stone that will not be thrown down. It's as if he's saying, all you see here, the day will come when this is just a pile of rubble. You know, I think we would, we would think that guy's being a jerk. But that guy is Jesus. He's not being a jerk. Why is he saying this? Why is he saying this about the heart and soul of, of Jewish life? Well, first, he is prophesying the very literal and physical destruction of the temple. And of course... The obvious follow-up is, when is this going to happen? And so he tells them, these are the signs that will precede the destruction of the temple. There will be false messiahs. There will be wars and plagues and famines. And this was all fulfilled 40 years after Jesus spoke these words. Around 70 AD, Israel rebelled against Rome. And the full weight of the Roman Empire came and destroyed Jerusalem. And there was not one stone left upon another. Now you might say, okay, that's a, this is a nice historical fact, but why, why is the church giving us this gospel if it is primarily about a prophecy that has already been fulfilled? And the reason is, is that while Jesus' words primarily are about the destruction of, of the temple in Jerusalem, the church has always understood them as having a deeper significance. 
Because the temple was not just a beautiful, glorious religious building. You know, one of the things that, that the Jews believed about the temple was that it was like a microcosm of the universe. You know, all of the architecture, all of the design, it was meant to reflect or symbolize some part of creation. So the, the lampstand, the menorah, the lights, they were meant to represent the stars uh, of heaven, the seven planets that you could see with the naked eye. The uh, veil that separated the Holy of Holies, the actual constellations of the sky were woven into that. It was supposed to symbolize the heavens, and beyond the heavens was the inner dwelling, the inner realm of God. So, the destruction of the temple, when Jesus speaks these words, it doesn't just point to the end of, of that building. It points to the end of this world, too. To the time when, when this creation will cease to exist. The destruction of the temple foretells the destruction of this world. And again, the question we want to ask is, when will this happen? That's the obvious follow-up. And just as the destruction of the temple was preceded by a time of great tribulation, so it will be with the end of the world. Just as the apostles suffered and were persecuted in the days before the temple was destroyed, so too the church in those last days will pass through a final time of trial before our Lord comes again. A final trial which will shake the faith of many. And we even have some idea of what that trial is going to look like. I was... I was reading the Catechism, the, the uh, book, that uh, compendium of, of the official teaching of the church, and it had a few paragraphs on this. The Catechism said, The final trial will be in the form of a religious deception, offering men an apparent solution to their problems at the price of apostasy from the truth, at the, at the price of uh, turning our backs on what Christ has revealed to be true. The supreme religious deception is that of the Antichrist, by which man glorifies himself in place of God and his Messiah come in the flesh. The church will enter the glory of the kingdom only through this final Passover, when she will follow her Lord in his death and resurrection. The kingdom will be fulfilled then not by a historic triumph of the church, but only by God's victory over the final unleashing of evil. God's triumph over the revolt of evil will take the form of the last judgment after the final cosmic upheaval of this passing world. And he's saying that, yes, there will be trials, there will be tribulations, and this world will come to an end, but God will have the last word, and there'll be a new heaven and a new earth as a result, one where suffering and death have no place. And I know this is a lot to take in on a Sunday evening. That's a pretty heavy topic. But there's, there's an even more important reason why Jesus brings this all to our attention in the gospel today. And that's this. We don't need to be afraid. We don't need to be afraid of the end of the world. You know, our readings today, they are apocalyptic. And that word apocalypse doesn't necessarily mean the end of the world. It means an unveiling, a revealing what our readings reveal today is that this world, good though it is, it's not going to last forever. The good things of this world, 
will one day turn to dust. Those things in this world that we look at and think they're invincible, unstoppable, that they'll be here forever, one day there will not be one stone left upon another. However, while the things of this world crumble and fall, while the things of this world eventually will pass away, the Word of God endures forever. God never changes. He will never pass away. No one will ever say of God that there is not one stone left upon another. And if we live in Him, we too will never pass away. We too will live forever. Jesus tells us in advance so that when we encounter trouble and adversity, we might persevere. We might not give up. This is how he ends the gospel, right? By your perseverance, you will secure your lives. There will be difficulties, even if we never see in our time the end of the age. We will face difficulties, but it's by our perseverance in the faith that we will secure eternal life. How do we persevere? Perseverance is born of prayer. It's simple as that. We all need to pray every day. And you know, I I talked about this a few weeks ago. One tried and true method of praying every day is to pray the rosary. This simple yet profound prayer can transform our lives. And you know, next Sunday, we do have uh, Dr. Mike Scherzlick from School of Faith coming at 3 p.m to give a talk on the rosary, and we'll, we'll pray a rosary uh, after the talk as well. And it's a great opportunity to fall in love again with this simple yet profoundly powerful way to pray, to pray the daily rosary. You know, if we persevere in praying the rosary, then Our Lady will secure for us the grace to persevere in the faith. You know, when we think of these heavy topics, the end of the world, it's important to remember what we're going to celebrate next weekend also, the Feast of Christ the King. When the end times do come and this world passes away, there'll be a new heaven and a new earth, and Christ will reign forever, the King of Kings. We do not need to be afraid. We only need to persevere in the faith.